The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you in Sports Talkers Podcast. Stephen Strom here. Thank you for making me a part of your morning, afternoon, night. Today's guest, we got Ryan Leaf, former number two overall pick in the NFL draft back in 1998 when I was born. Hopefully that doesn't make him feel incredibly old. But he's now making a name for himself in the sports media landscape. He recently announced the start of his own sports talk show, The Straight Line with Ryan Leaf. I desperately wanted to kind of get into the mind of Ryan as far as when he started to think, let's get into media. We know he has this anonymous bust as an NFL player, but I love that he's been able to turn his life around here and use some of his experiences to a positive. Uh, He talks about a lot in this. He's extremely vulnerable and honest and genuine, and we always appreciate that. That's not the easiest thing to do. So he talked a little bit about his upbringing in Montana, Washington State, the influences that have really helped him in Joel Klatt and Kerb Herbstreet. I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it. And without further ado, here is Ryan Leaf. All right. So let's first start here. You uh, you grew up in Montana. I guess give us a sense of your knowledge of sports radio slash media growing up in, in Great Falls. Well, I mean, you know, we go to church on Sunday mornings and uh, church was from like 11 to noon and games kicked off at 11 uh, mountain time. So I always missed the first half of the first slate of games, <laughs> but we ran home as, as soon as possible. And and I, I don't necessarily remember um, the announcers. I do remember Sunday night football announcers. Um, and who were they at the time? Do you remember? I, I think. One of them was Patrick and Theismann, I think, is, is what they were. And uh, and then, of course, in the college football Saturdays, like like Keith Jackson's voice is, is, is college football to me. And ironically enough, I ended up going to Washington State, which is where he went to school. And, uh, you know, I majored in broadcast journalism and communications and kind of, you know, he was kind of a guiding force and all of that. Uh, you know, the Murrow School of Communications is pretty pretty impressive there at Washington state. So that's where it kind of all started for me. It was all about the sport. It wasn't necessarily about the commentating aspect sure. of things. And sure enough, you know, that's kind of where it led me to play the, play the game. So you, you did have some interest though. That was sort of, you went there for school. That was sort of quote unquote, the backup plan. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I mean, when I went to college, I didn't think I was going to play professional football. I mean, I'm just this kid from Montana, uh, you know, so I, I just wanted to go play college football and, and get a degree for free. And, and, um, I found out they had such a great communication school and I started kind of following, uh, that route. And before I knew it though, you know, I'm, I'm playing well, we're winning and now I'm being considered, uh, an NFL prospect. So that ultimately got put on hold and, uh, you know, I left a year early, so I didn't even get a chance to, to actually finish my degree there at the time. And I just, you know, I just assumed I'd play 15, 20 years in the NFL and, you know, call it a day, but, uh, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there was many nights, you know, doing the cable news show there and in, in uh, at the university, <laughs> doing the radio show, things like that. So I, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on that part. I certainly wasn't as articulate at all. Um, I look back at interviews I did when I was a player, and I can't believe you cringe. I cringe. Yeah, I cringe. <laughs> my, my we all do. We all do. I, I listen to stuff from. I'm probably gonna listen to this in a couple of years and be like, oh my god, what do you wrap it up? Finish the question. All right. So when did you, what was the moment where you were at what age and where were you, where you thought, okay, I want to get into sports broadcasting, whether that's radio, being an analyst show, when did that moment happen and why? Well, when I got out of prison, I, uh, I had to decide on what I was going to do with my life. Sure. And, uh, uh, for me, there was there was three real options. When I was in college, I used to make the highlight videos or help make the highlight videos for our team. Um, so I did a lot of sound editing and things like that. And I liked putting music to, you know, movies or 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 those films. And so when I got out, I looked into what what was that exactly? What was it to be somebody who does and puts the the sound and music to film and TV? Because I thought that stuff is incredibly impactful. Um, um, so I applied to a college. It was down in Phoenix. I uh, got accepted in there. And then I also was looking into law school because I had spent time in the criminal justice system. And as a nonviolent drug offender, I spent almost three years in prison and I wanted to, that's not where, you know, nonviolent drug offenders belong. They belong sure. in treatment and where they can help. And so I started looking into what law school would look like. I started studying for the LSAT. So that was the second thing. The third thing was uh, I loved what Kirk Herbstreet got to do for a living. I watched him on college game day on Saturdays, call, call football games. And, and so I, I love, I thought that would be the best job in the whole world to be around the sport I love and uh, you know, be, be in that world. So what I did is, you know, I, I attacked each three, all three things, you know, I applied to the college for the, for the sound editing and for TV and movies. I uh, started taking the LSATs and started applying to, to law schools and, um, I reached out to Kirk Herbstreet and Joel Klatt, uh, and I pretty much told them that I would do anything they needed. I fetched a coffee for a year or, or whatever, sure. uh, just to learn the ropes. And it's so kind to let me follow and tag along. And, and I did exactly that. I shadowed them for about a year to see whether I wanted to do the job and if I could be any good at it. And I answered, I answered yes to both of them. Mm. And I, I tell you right now, if the offer hadn't come to do my own radio show at the time, I don't know if, if I would have followed in that foot footsteps, if it, if it would have been one of the other two options that I'd put in, in motion came first, maybe that's where I'm at right now. I think they were all three passion projects and uh, this one kind of took off, you know, Fox gave me a real opportunity, uh, the PAC 12 network, and then ultimately uh, ESPN and, it's just continued. Um, Rich Eisen's been a huge support. He's a mm. he's a monster, a great in the world of sports casting and, and sports broadcasting. And he's really opened the door for me by allowing me to guest host his show when he is out. And that really allowed, I think, for my current bosses at PointsBet to, you know, manufacture sure. and build a show for me based around what I wanted to do and build something together. And that's that's all because of the work I did. Now, the first job I took in broadcasting was an unpaid two-hour show on Saturday afternoons uh, with with Gal Media out of Houston, and it was just a, you know, kind of a sports talk show. Yep. Um, with the with the local. Uh, you started uh, like all of us, Ryan. Yeah. I love this. 
Yeah, that's where that's where I started, you know, and it's, you know, and every opportunity I got, I've just taken a lot of advice. And luckily for me, you know, I've been supported a, a ton over the last six years that has gotten me to this point. Why do you think the Joel Klatz, the Rich Eisens, why do you think they they believed in you in that moment? You know, I I, I can't tell you why. Maybe it's kind of how I carry myself now. Um, there's a humility to it because of, you know, how I had fallen. Um, you know, I, I, I talked to him about how it wasn't about me and this is, this is something I'd really love to do. I mean, mm. I, I, I still can't tell you why they did it. I just can't. Um, but I'm incredibly grateful to them all. Um, you know, it's not lost on me that, you know, I get, I get some pretty amazing opportunities where some others don't. And so I don't take that for granted. Mm. Like if I get, if I'm allowed to do something in the broadcast space, like I'll work harder than anybody. And I don't think that was necessarily the case my whole life. Things kind of came easy to me. And not to say that the broadcasting side doesn't come easy, but I work really hard at it too. Yep. And then I have to think back to how hard I had to work to become a, a great football player. I think I just, I think I took it for granted. And I just don't do that anymore. I don't allow that to be the case because I know all the people that really supported me and stood up for me. Those people included all, all of them kind of put their arm around me when they didn't need to and just, and just said, sure, Ryan. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to help if I can. What maybe things that you thought surprised you early on that you may have thought was easier said than done in the broadcasting space? You know, when you're on the radio, you know, you, you're not thinking about anything else except what you're trying to get across. And once the, that camera pops up and the lights are on you, know, like, you know, when you're doing your, your open before a, a broadcast, I mean, it's, it was crazy. I remember the first few times trying to figure out, you know, what to do with my hands. I felt like Ricky Bobby and I just... <laughs> It, it, you know, and then the bright lights of it, like literally the bright lights sometimes just stun you for a minute and you, how, how can my brain not be thinking about the thing I was just thinking about that adrenaline. 10 seconds ago. And so, yeah, it's taken some time, but what I've, and, and the Rich Eisen show is really helpful for this. It's a simulcasted radio show. So they, they, they videotape it. It's a TV show, but I just started figuring out that I'm in a room. I got a couple, you know, kind of co-hosts there. We're just having conversations. There's a camera that's on me. I, I'm aware of the camera, Yep. but it's not, uh, I don't care. I don't care how I look on it. I don't, you know, I'm just going to do what I know what to do here. And that just took, that was just a learning experience and, and figuring it out. I'm always curious about the relationship between the players and the media. It's usually tricky. And I'm always curious to know, like if players respect a journalist or a personality that didn't play, like I know the, the relationship between the, past players and current ones like i'm just thinking randy moss justin jefferson they'll they'll respect each other is there anyone out there in the current media like a Stephen a smith a colin coward that you as a former football player really respect their knowledge of football i've come to respect everybody who works in that field because i know how hard they work to be informed like i i didn't think about that before i as a player i thought you know I'm so much better than you. Why do I have to put up with your nonsense? You don't know what the hell's going on out there. And so um, any interaction now with anybody that works in the broadcasting side of it, on the football side, I understand how hard they work to be where mm. they're at. And to, I can tell when guys are phoning it in and I'm pretty quick to figure it out. And I'll be, I'll be like, you did not, you did not do any research here. You didn't do any, any work. Um, if you did, you wouldn't have asked those types of questions and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I respect everybody that does it. And when they show up to work, 
because I know how much time they put into it. So, and I respect them regardless of whether they played mm-hmm. it down, you know, like Diana R- R- uh, Rossini is, is amazing. Uh, Mina Kimes does a tremendous job. Katie Nolan, those are individuals that never played football yet. They're very knowledgeable and they spend a lot of time and you can tell they work their tails off to make sure they're informed and do a good job. And mm-hmm. in fact, I'd, I'd argue they work harder than anybody out there because of it. And mm-hmm. so therefore you got to respect the heck out of them. So when you're doing your radio show and let's just, I'll start using some names here. Let's say Josh Gordon, Johnny Manziel situations of their personal life, you know, come up, where does your experience and your perspective come into now, you know, relaying a message over the radio? What, what goes through your mind when you hear those stories? Well, if I can relate, which is in those instances, I can relate pretty closely. You know, it's, it's probably pretty important that I, that I speak on it and uh, because I've been through it. Right. There isn't many that have that have gone through what uh, myself and Johnny Menzel or Jamarcus Russell or Josh Gordon have gone through. Right. It, you just you could you know, you're not going to be able to find many people that have that life experience. So if I have a platform where the discussion is being had, of course, I probably am maybe the most knowledgeable sure. in that moment. So um, I'll hold people accountable. Um, and I but I will say this, I, I won't ask anybody to do anything that I, do anything that I haven't done. Right. I've taken accountability for the things I've done and and continue to do and, and everything like that. And there's consequences to that. So um, I, I think that uh, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not hypercritical. Like I don't look for hot takes or things like that. I just try to tell it like it is. Yeah. And uh, and use my use my experience. And I think that makes me uniquely qualified uh, with my ability to, you know, to host a show by myself for three hours as well as be a former player and a former player with a ton of experience, good and bad from the collegiate level to the NFL level. So I think that that makes me a bit of a unicorn. And, and, uh, and I, I, that's how my agent puts it. Let's put it that way. That's so I I like it, how he, he tries to, to sell me um, as that. Your relationship with Peyton Manning, number one, where's that at? Would you accept an invitation to the Manning cast? If he ever offered let's, let's do that. Well, Peyton and I have known each other since we were, since we were 20 years old. You know, um, so 26 years, we've now known each other through all the ups and downs, his family, my family, uh, have stayed incredibly close. Wow. Um, you know, he invited me to his induction into the hall of fame last year. This little, uh, this little bobbleheads, the, the gift that we were given, um, <laughs> at his, uh, as hall of fame party afterwards. It's pretty funny. Must I keep be a it up big there. bobblehead. It's got a big forehead on it, of course. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he wrote me while I was in prison. Um, wow. His mom and dad, when I was going through my struggles, were so kind to my parents. They always have been. Eli and Brady, my, my youngest brother, about the same age. Cooper, somebody I really look up to and admire, too. Um, the adversity he overcame, of course. Um, you know, and to have two um, Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame um, younger brothers. And so the family's amazing. Uh, we stay in touch. I text him from time to time. Of course, would love to be a guest on the Manning cast. <laughs> what do you like ever, about the Manning cast? If he ever, ever would like, I, unfortunately I haven't had much chance to watch it, you know, Monday nights, uh, he'd probably be a good, good show to watch, but I think I have a more of a hard time. I like to sync up the Monday night broadcast with uh, the Westwood one uh, radio broadcast with Kevin Harlan. Kevin and Harlan, Kurt man. Warner. And uh, I, I, I love Kurt. Um, he, uh, he's another person that's been really helpful 
to me, particularly around the radio aspect of things. Um, I'm finally getting to, to call some NFL games on Westwood one. I, I think I'll call one in a week, week from now, the, uh, Thursday night game between the saints and the Cardinals. Awesome. So, um, he's been really helpful with that. So I like to do that. Sometimes it's hard to sync it up because, you know, everything that streams and stuff like that. But I, I, I love hearing his take on things, um, while I'm watching the game. So I have a hard time, you know, flipping over to the Manning cast aspect of things. Shout out Ryan Leaf, man. That was a really fun spot. Informative, super honest. So we appreciate Ryan for jumping on with us. Thank you guys. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review BarrettSportsMedia.com, my podcast. We got other podcasts on the site, articles. We got you covered with everything you need to know about media, sports media. We got you covered. I will talk to you next Thursday here on the Sports Talkers Podcast. Have a great weekend. Headed to the Vikings-Dolphins game. Looking to get to 5-1. I'm fired up for it. We'll see you and talk to you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers Podcast with Stephen Strong. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.